0: Well, today is the state of the church i don 't know if you know uh, or if you you weren 't there i shouldn 't say that uh, but in seventeen ninety okay we 're going to start with a little piece of history in seventeen ninety Uh, That was the, I hope none of you were there. Uh, That was the first time a president, an American president, gave a State of the Union address. And so President George Washington addressed the Congress, the House of Representatives, and basically kind of laid out a plan uh, for people to get on his agenda. It was very gracious. It was pretty awesome. He was saying, hey, you guys have, you know, supported this government as we've gotten it started and we're gonna keep on going in this direction. So every year, uh, we have the same sort of function that happens in our government, where the president comes up and he'll give a speech, he'll kind of talk about the things that happen and talk about the things, the hopes and dreams he may have, but oftentimes it's his agenda or his party's agenda. Today is not about politics, don't let me hear you shout names of your candidate that you're going to vote for, but I will tell you we're going to follow that same kind of format except for this one key thing. Today what I share with you is not my agenda, I believe with all of my heart that it's God's agenda for our church. So I want to tell you kind of what's going to happen so that you're not like hanging on the edge of your seat going, wait, when is he going to talk from the Bible? Okay. So I'm going to give you a few things that we're going to talk about that happened in 2015 and areas that we're going to focus on in 2016. And then I want you to go to Acts chapter two. So if your fingers are like aching and you've got to go somewhere, you can turn there now. Acts chapter two, kids. Acts chapter two. Okay. So, uh, 2015 was a great year for us, and I really believe with all of my heart that 2016 is going to be incredible as well. I think it bears um, note that there are things that have happened that we may not have paid good enough attention to, but it's a good time at the beginning of a year for us to be able to look back and also to look forward. So I'll say this, and that that is this. The state of the church is good, it's healthy, and it's going in the right direction. We're improving all the time. We're seeking to improve. I think that's the key that we've got to understand. If you've ever been part of a stagnant church or a dying church or a church in decline, they may know what needs fixing, but they're not working on it. Okay, and that's the difference between a healthy and an active church versus a stagnant uh, church or a church in decline is the healthy and active church is always evaluating and saying, where are the areas that we're doing awesome and where are the areas that we need some improvement? So, Um, we believe that we are on the right track in the season that we're in and we're headed in the right direction, but we also know that there are places where we could use some improvement and I wanna talk to you about those things today. But before I do, I wanna talk to you about this word, potential. How many of you have heard the statement said before, you have great potential? Maybe it was your wife telling you, you have great potential to get those dishes done, baby. I really believe in you. No, um, maybe, maybe it was something else. Maybe it was a teacher. Uh, s- some have been told from t- you know, childhood, you know, anybody could be the next president of the United States. And we've seen that actually happen. Anyone can do it, okay? And so everybody has potential. And I believe with all of my heart that it's God given. We have potential that we're created with. The question is, are we living up to our potential or are we lacking in that action of living up to our potential. 2015, in celebrate church we did something pretty awesome that we haven't done before we launched celebrate life that happens on monday nights it's an awesome thing for us to get together to grow together it started it developed as a result of some women getting together for a morning bible study and then saying hey some of you working mothers you'd like to get together in the evening and then we said hey let's lump in some guys and then all of a sudden we had this awesome new valid ministry which fits into the focus of our church which is love impact and grow And it helps us to grow together. So we've been studying the word of God. We've been taking different studies throughout the last two semesters. We have a meal on Monday nights. I'm telling you, if you've missed it or you haven't been part of it, jump in anytime because it's awesome. But that started just this last year. Last year, we also had the ability to start MOPs, which is our Mothers of Preschoolers ministry. We started it not on a whim, but with prayerful consideration saying, maybe there's, there's a group of women in Clinton and the surrounding area that would love to get together, have a break from their kids <laughs> and, and grow in fellowship and friendship and in their faith. And so we did that. And with Kelly Robinson's help, we now have 26 at last count women and mothers who are part of that ministry. Uh, a lot, which don't even come here. They're at other churches and they may just be growing in their faith, but we are excited that that is, a valid ministry, amen? Um, And it started last year. And I say that because I want to highlight that word initiative. Someone saw a need and said, hey, let me step out in faith and let's see what God can do. And that is something that we prize. We prize initiative because when that happens, it shows that the body of Christ is working together, amen? Another thing that we did, which our worship team has already grown by leaps and bounds, not just in their excellence, but also in the quantity of people who are involved. And they've started doing regular jam session nights. We started doing worship nights, which how many of you were at our last worship night? It was awesome. It was incredible to be here. Yeah, that's good. Clap. That's what I pay my wife to do. She's, she's the clapper. Um, this past year, we also developed, and somebody— I hope the kids are listening. We developed celebrate kids. Go ahead, kids, give it. Right. Celebrate Kids was not in existence in the way it is today. It was not in existence six or seven months ago. We had some people in the building who were watching kids, uh, making sure they didn't bleed most of the time, and that was pretty much the extent. But God has done something awesome, and he has brought together a vision, a team together to be able to lead Celebrate Kids, and I really believe it's true. You, You may disagree, and we can talk after service. Don't shout about it now, but I really believe that if you build, it, they will come. We have been building something that God has put in our heart. We've been meeting a need that we had, and inherently it's blessing and benefiting others. And we're building the kingdom of God with Him. Amen. So this is awesome. And I've been, and I'll take just a second and say, I was so overwhelmed and blessed, and I know Pastor Cameron and Becca were too, that we did several uh, special offerings that we took up for Celebrate Kids this past fall, and we were overwhelmed at how good God was and how generous our church has been towards that ministry. So it really is awesome. It's an awesome time to be part of Celebrate Church. Uh, Speaking of kids, we had several baby dedications. Next Sunday, we're having another baby dedication. Uh, We've had several families added to the church in this past year, and we're really, really excited excited about that. We've had several families decide to do their part for church multiplication and have more babies. So we're excited about that too. And I know Kelly's excited uh, that her day is coming soon. (laughs) Amen. But we also, talking about kids, we did bring Pastor Cameron and Miss Becca all the way from the land down under (laughs) at the coast and uh, brought them up here. The Lord has put us together, and I really believe, and I say this with all sincerity, not just because they're in the room, because I would say it if they weren't, and you could tell them later, but I say this with all of my heart. I really think that bringing them on board here was one of the best decisions we've ever made as a church. Amen. (laughs) Amen. I would say second to me being here, but you know what I mean, you know what I mean. So, but we've completed renovations and upgrades in our sound system and in all sorts of things. We've, we've done some updates in the building. We have a new parking lot that happened last year. All, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Um, We had people in this room, in this very room, who threatened to send their tire alignment costs to the church because there's so much damage potentially doing, yeah, anyway. But um, we did something else. We branded the church. Uh, Some of you may not have realized that, but we took the steps to go into a design process. We've got awesome uh, things, I guess you could call it swag, like t-shirts and um, cups and stuff like that with our logo on it. When we print banners and do stuff in the community, we wear t-shirts people know celebrate church this is awesome it's awesome so we entered the digital world with a website that includes sermon audio hint hint if you ever miss it's there Uh, online giving hint hint if you've never tried it you should today okay? And information about our events and things that are online that we try to post all the time, and, and even a valid social media presence. We'd never had a valid social media presence before, and now we do. So we've come quite a long way in a short period of time. Amen? <clears throat> A couple other things because we could talk about buildings and we could talk about other stuff. Please don't look down at the carpet. Uh, we could talk about other stuff uh, that probably still needs to get done. But here's something else that's really awesome that I find so encouraging. Our church this past year became a vital part of Clinton in a way that we hadn't yet been before or hadn't been in a super long time that any of us could remember, we've been able to partner with the city of Clinton. We were at the 4th of July. We totally took over their kids' area for 4th of July and handled those bounce houses and all that kind of stuff, wearing our Celebrate Church shirts. We were part of that. We were part of Back to the Bricks, which is for our college students who are in the room. We set up a tent. We handed out giant things of candy and invited kids to church. We participated at Mississippi college at a couple events including a worship night where we were able to kind of uh, promote the church Uh, your pastor is sitting on the board of the chamber of commerce here in the community the only pastor to do that and so we're we're becoming a vital part of what clinton holds dear and near to their hearts and we want them to hold jesus in high regard amen so we want to be that light that really is impacting the world Uh, We also still partner and hope to continue that for a very long time. Our partnership with the Davis family and the Varner family as they reach out to the Ronald McDonald House of Charities. Uh, They cook breakfast uh, twice a month. It happens uh, where they go and they cook breakfast for the families that are there while they're waiting for their children to come through surgeries or recuperate and that kind of stuff. And so they're in need and we meet those needs this past Christmas You may not realize this. We gave every family in the Ronald McDonald house, every family got a very generous gift card. We were able to give over $1,000 to that ministry. That is incredible. That, That helped them with gas or groceries. It helped them with presents to buy for their kids in a really deep and dark time for them possibly. So we're doing valid ministry that really is impacting the world. Another thing which I don't wanna forget is the Clinton Pastors Fellowship. I'm part of a group of pastors that meet together and uh, have some great camaraderie. I love our neighbors and the other churches that are part of it. Dr. Belser from Morrison Heights, Pastor Ken from Parkway Baptist. There's a good handful of about 15 of us that get together for prayer and encouragement Across denominational lines, we don't talk about that stuff that doesn't matter. What we do is we pray for one another, for each church. I got a text last night at 11.30 from our neighbor next door at New Life here, and he said, hey, Dexter, I just wanna let you know I'm praying for you and for your service tomorrow. That's awesome. And so we've been part of prayer nights that we've had throughout last year. We had three of them where we joined all the churches together in different locations and came together for prayer. So your church is moving and shaking and growing and thriving, and it is awesome. It is really, really awesome. I really think that I could say that we've, in this past year, truly loved, truly impacted, and truly grown. I really believe that with all of my heart, amen? So we are not a perfect church. Say that with me. Not a perfect church. It's because you're here, okay? That's my joke. It's because I'm here, all right? We are not a perfect church, but we are striving to be a healthy church, okay? We are not a dying church, but we are a growing church. And God, I'm telling you, I... I'm so encouraged that God has a dream for our church that he didn't want us to decline. He wanted to revitalize us and bring us to the place that we are now and to even grow further and bigger and greater and stronger. That message, I hope it hit home with you. If not, you can go online and listen to it if you missed it or you'd like to listen to it again. The message about Zacchaeus and the role that we play as a church to be able to be the tree that helps people come to Christ. So we're working hard to be all God wants us to be the three areas of needed improvement, I would say I want you to take a moment to think through these things and I'll give them to you as points real quick and I'll expound on them. But uh, the first one is this, the instinctive invitation. It's what I call the instinctive invitation. It's the moment that you have a conversation with the person at checkout or the neighbor or the friend and you start talking about something they're going through or whatever it might be and instinctively bringing up God into the conversation and saying, hey, where do you go to church or having that conversation, we have got to be doing even more than what we are already doing. And that's awesome what we are doing, but we've got to step up our game. I was reading in an article that's produced by Barna Research that said, if your church is 500 people and it needs to grow, this is just a numbers thing so you understand the principle, more than 500 guests need to show up in a single year in order for you to experience growth. Hey, we're starting at the bottom and now we're here and it is awesome, okay? And that means that we have got a lot of work to do ahead of us in order to make sure that not just that we invite, but that we continue to reach out to those who are around us. Because I know you're just like me in, in this area. I know sometimes we just rationalize it away. Jackson has an 83% or 84% rate that is is spoken about of people who claim to be Bible-believing, faithful church attenders, as well as givers. We're living in the Bible belt, okay? There's churches everywhere, and it could be easy for us to just reason it away and say, oh, they probably go to church somewhere and not talk about it, but they don't go to church here, and this is awesome. So let's talk about it, amen? Amen. The, uh, the second thing is uh, support in leadership. Now, I don't say that from my point of view or Pastor Cameron's point of view, but we said a minute ago that initiative is prized and we need additional leaders in all the areas of our ministry. We need to have those who are supportive leaders. Even if you say it's not, it's not your call or duty to be the head honcho and you say, but I can help out, we need you on board because there's plenty to do now and there's gonna be more to do soon. Amen? So that is a big... (laughs) Pastor Cameron said, yes. Uh, that is a big deal for us, and that's a place that we could see some improvement. So the instinctive invitation, the, the leadership, what I would call the second chair leaders, not second place or second rate, but those who are supporting. Just like Moses in the wilderness, in the middle of the awesome miracle that God was doing for them to be victorious, his arms had to be held up. At some point, his strength failed, and his arms started to go down, but he had people there to support him and lift him up, and I'm thankful that our church has those people. I love the fact that we have those people, but we need more of them. And if you have this crazy idea in the middle of the night, okay, wait until the morning and text it to me. But you can text it to Jericho because she never sleeps. No, um, poor thing. But um, I I would say to you, don't think someone else is going to do it. I think that's the big deal. Someone else is, oh, I'm sure somebody noticed that needs to get done. No, they didn't. (laughs) They didn't. If you noticed it, God gave you the eyes that you have and the heart that you have, and I would even extend or go out on a limb here and say in faith, he may have already gifted you in that area to be able to lead or to support a ministry. Because sometimes the things that we see that are lacking or the things that aggravate us the most are the things that God wants us to help with, amen? I see a nod in the back there. The third area is finance. We're gonna talk about that for a little bit this morning. The essential facts that you should know is that we're a small church in a new season. The the season where we had abundant blessing like we sang about before, and it was abundant like coming out of our ears, we didn't know what to do with it, that season has now closed and finished. We've done all that we could in that season, and now we're adapting and behaving like a small, currently small church church and we need to continue to do that. That means that that'll be a requirement on us to step up in volunteering, in helping pitch in in areas of need and in ministry, but also in the area of finance. So starting back in December, we looked at our operational budget and we saw areas that needed improvement and we began cutting costs in those areas. The truth is no church our size, and this is awesome (laughs) and horrific at the same time. No church our size within the Assemblies of God denomination in Mississippi has a full-time lead pastor and a full-time children's pastor. This is awesome, okay? Smile, it's a great thing. We are one of a kind. In our district, we only have about six, that's half a dozen full-time children's pastors. And the rest are volunteers that show up or don't show up or however they they have to do their ministry. But we believe with all of our heart, God led us in the direction of bringing Pastor Cameron and Miss Becca on. Your God gave this church a visionary pastor and he paired us up together because you're a faith-filled, people. And so visionary leadership and faith-filled people get stuff done. This is awesome. Amen? Go ahead, baby. You lead that. You lead that clap. So I'm thankful for you in this room today. Because you are the celebrate people that we're talking about. You're the family that's been added this past year. You're the family that's given above and beyond what you could have ever imagined or thought. You're the family who's invited people and got them here. You are the reason why we're here and why we do what we do. But it's not just for us. It's for those who have yet to come. That's what a healthy church looks at. It's not an us for and no more mentality. It's an outward focused thing that says we've got to be always about the father's business, amen? So I'm thankful for you and um, I'm thankful that we're paired together. I would say about Celebrate Kids in that, in that area I shared with our leadership team just a couple nights ago, the return on investment for us having Pastor Cameron and Miss Becca on board has already created a windfall of profits. It has, in people. We have already seen God do some incredible things in our church as a result of having them on board. I think our ministry approach is unequaled. That's not me patting myself on the back. That's me giving you a round of applause because I believe that we do ministry like no other church around here. The, um, The context that we live in, We strive for excellence, and we consistently strive for that. That is unparalleled. It's unrivaled. There are other churches that want to be like us, and that's a good thing. I was talking to the leadership team earlier this week, saying I hear from churches and from pastors and say, hey, how'd you get that going? I mean, your church is kind of small. How'd you guys do this? How'd you guys do that? And that is awesome, because we're leading the charge. Amen? Amen? Louder. Amen? All right, so talking about finance, loving all, impacting our world, and growing together, all of those things require capital. And that's what you heard Pastor Cameron talk about on the video announcements, and we'll talk about it in a moment when we close. Uh, And I say it often, but it bears repeating. I'm incredibly grateful. For every person in this room, every person who's part of Celebrate Church, every person who's invested, do you know that one of the names that came up in the giving statement is, is the founding pastor of this church? 43 years later, well 42 because it was last year, he gave a large gift to this church even after we had already been blessed and had a big chunk of money that was given to the church. We paid off our debt, we had all that stuff and it was a blessing. He and his wife still 42 years later are giving because they believe in Celebrate Church. That is awesome, amen? That is really awesome. So with that, I've been humbled because of the generosity of you. And I, and I say that this morning because I really believe that God has gifted our church in a way that's unparalleled in other places. And I wanna challenge you to not give up. The Bible talks about not growing weary in well-doing for in due season, you'll reap what you sow. And it's because of 43 years at this point coming up soon that we've had people so into this church, and we are now reaping the benefit of that. We're part of it, and that is absolutely encouraging to me. I hope you're encouraged this morning. I believe with all of my heart that where God leads, he always provides. Even when the stupidity of the Israelites came into play, even when they were chasing their tail around the desert and they couldn't find their, their, their way, God was providing for them manna from heaven. He was making sure that his kids were taken care of and he's still doing that same thing today. Where he's leading us, he is always providing. So the state of the church is good, it's healthy, and it's improving. And you are the reason why that's happening. It's not because of me. It's not because of any new fancy equipment we've got. It's not because of a parking lot that's paved. It's because of you doing the work of the ministry. Ephesians chapter four is a really incredible place and I've been taking notice of it lately. There are things that are talked about in scripture where it says these are the gifts of the Holy Spirit. These are the fruit of the Holy Spirit. This is God the Father's gift. But in Ephesians four, it says Christ himself has given gifts to the church. And he talks about leadership. He says, pastors, prophets, teachers, evangelists, all of these things have been given apostles to the church for their benefit. And it tells us what we're to do in that passage of scripture. What I'm to do is to equip you for the work of the ministry. And so I believe that as we are partnered together, we're gonna make this thing work and it's gonna take off bigger and better and greater than we ever thought. Lives are gonna be changed and they already have been. Here in this room and in this place, and as a result, even not here on this property of what God's done through us as people. Let me challenge you this morning and ask you to prayerfully consider your role and your responsibility in these three areas. If you remember what they were, the instinctive invitation, um, hashtag who you bring in. Okay, (laughs) who. Who are you bringing, all right? Who are you inviting and who are you bringing to church? Who are you saying, hey, my church is the best church in Clinton, you ought to come. Yeah, you can leave your church. Or hey, you need Jesus, let me tell you about him. Come on to church. And guess what, they don't have to wait to get here to get saved, you can lead them. That's what Ignite Love is all about this coming weekend. I want you to sign up for that. I want you to participate as much as possible because we want to be turning everyday conversations into those that lead people to life change. That's really what it's about. The second thing that we talked about was ministry involvement. And I want to challenge you this morning. Maybe you say, hey, I've been taking a back seat. Not any offense to those in the back row, but uh, I've been, I've I've thought about getting involved, but I haven't really jumped in. Or, hey, you guys won't stop asking me to do something, so I did jump in. No. Um, It's like that sometimes. It's a small church. We live and thrive off of volunteers. But I want to ask you this morning and challenge you to up your game up it even more. You say, but pastor, I'm, I'm kind of stretched thin. I was thinking about my own schedule this past week and the last couple of weeks. It's like every night we've got something and, and most of it's church involved. And it's like, you know, we've got to get to the place where we are always keeping ourselves focused on what God's called us to do. So if it's ministry involvement, maybe that's a challenge and you say, hey, I need to jump in and up my game. And the other way is finances that we talked about. The question I asked you this morning as the people of God is, are you being faithful to tithe 10% of your income to the local church. Scripture is very clear about it, and I can't go into all of it. We did a couple of weeks ago talking about Malachi and the promise of God, talking about the Old Testament, talking about Jesus and how he talked about tithes in the New Testament. It's important. It's a challenge. It's a place of tension in our life where we can trust God because we need To trust God in the area of finance. Amen. And so giving 10% and even above and beyond that, maybe that's the challenge for you today. Maybe it's, hey, I need to step up my game in this area. But if that's you, I want to encourage you. There is no, there's no guilt in any of these areas. If you say, man, I haven't invited a single person to church this past year, make this year different. I didn't give 10% of my income. We, we have somebody who's in, in the church who is very in tune with their finances and they wanna make sure that at the end of the year, they give a final check that makes sure that their total salary ended up being that 10% mark where they gave it to the church because they're concerned about their obedience. That's awesome, that's awesome. So in the area of ministry involvement as well. Go with me now to Acts chapter two. Kids, take notes. This is really important. You can write this down and I promise you a lollipop this morning. Church is awesome, okay? Just write those words down, draw a picture of your friends and I promise you, you're gonna get a reward at the end of church from Pastor Cameron because our church is awesome. Go with me to Acts chapter two if you would and I want us to look for just a few minutes. I hope I'm not going too fast. I'm keeping your attention. Wake up, everybody okay? Yeah, all right, good. Acts chapter two, verse 40. It says this, I'm gonna take a deep breath here. It says this, God built a church in Acts. It tells us the story and we can't read through the whole chapter. I'll read the verses in just a minute, but I want you to get there and I want you to have the context of what happens. God loves his family so much that he said, I want y'all to hang out together and I want you to get along (laughs) And I'm going to send something, someone, to help you, the Holy Spirit. So when Jesus leaves, it pained him to leave this earth, but he knew he had to go because his mission had been completed. He came, he conquered, amen, and then he left. And he said, and when I go, I'm knowing, I know this, that the Father is sending a comforter, the comforter, the Holy Spirit of God, who will come. And when he comes, he's going to light a fire in you, and it's going to change the world. So Acts chapter two tells some really incredible things about how the Holy Spirit was given as a gift to the church. How many of you believe that today you can ask Jesus into your heart and life and he can save you? Okay, that happened over 2000 years ago. The same is true of the Holy Spirit. It wasn't just for a moment back then. It's for now. It's, it's the thing that we need in our church that's trying to be healthy and growing. We could do all we can in human power and strength and prowess, but when it comes down to it, we need a move of the Holy Spirit in our church. And I believe he's stirring us up in that area. But the church started to be formed as a result of the Holy Spirit coming. And in Acts chapter two, where we read verse 40, It says this about Peter and with many other words, he testified and exhorted them. He said, be saved from this perverse generation. Then those who gladly received his word were baptized. And that day about 3000 souls were added to them. And they continued steadfastly in the apostles doctrine and fellowship in the breaking of bread and in praying. Then fear came upon every soul. And many wonders and signs were done through the apostles. Now, all who believed were together. And the Bible tells us they had all things in common. Verse 45 says, They sold their possessions and their goods, and they divided them among all as anyone had need. So continuing daily with one accord in the temple and breaking bread from house to house, they ate their food with gladness and simplicity of heart, praising God and having favor with all the people. And the Lord added to the church daily those who were being saved. This is the image of a healthy, growing church. This is also, I do want to stop and make sure that you're aware of this. This even shows the biblical understanding back then of socialism, and it didn't work then. It doesn't work today. Okay, that's my political point for the day. I just want to make sure that you understand this, because Acts chapter 2, they really got into trouble later on. They had all sorts of problems. She got choked up over that. They got all sorts of problems as a result of living in that environment. But here's what they were doing. The best they knew with what they had in that moment because they love God and they wanted to serve Jesus. And they were like, yeah, let's sell our houses and let's all live together. That'll work. It didn't. But the church started being built as a result of their unifying under the banner and the cross of Christ, under not just the cross of Christ in redemption, but also in that empty tomb, having understood the resurrection that Jesus provided, not just for them in those days, but that the gospel should be preached in the whole world. So in these moments of the burgeoning church, as they're being birthed, as they're coming to life, they're selling possessions, they're dividing them among all, they're continuing daily to fellowship, they're, they're praying, they're reading their Bible, they're inviting people, and here's the thing, God is doing miracles in the ministry that is happening, and other people are taking note, just like on the day of Pentecost, they are taking note. And I believe we have a, a potential opportunity in the city of Clinton for those who are around here to take note, not to give us a high five, or a slap on the back or a pat on the shoulder, but to absolutely be drawn in by what God is doing in our church. I really believe that. And um, I, I want to encourage you, at some other point, you could read through Acts chapter 2 and take a look. But it is a healthy, growing church. In fact, when we started the healthy church process, the name of that process was Acts 2 because it was modeling the behaviors that we were seeing in scripture in Acts chapter two and in that vital, vibrant, living, revitalized church. And we're able to live today in, a, in the same testimony or within the same testimony if we're careful about how we focus And if we stay according to the vision God's already given us, and he didn't just give it to me. He's given it to our team, to the leaders here in our church. He's also inserted that into the DNA of those who have been adopted, like Pastor Cameron, to come on board and to start being with us. Him and Becca, they have really, they've been schooled in the vision of our church, and they love it. That's one of the things that drew them to be here was, wow, you guys are crazy enough to try that? Okay, yes, let's do it together. So, I want to tell you a couple things about this and then uh, we'll close. And I said the word closing a few minutes ago, but I just I was giving you a little tease, okay? So, Matthew chapter 18 you don't have to go there. But Jesus is having a conversation and he's having that conversation with Peter. He calls Peter rock or Petra, okay? And he says, upon this rock, I will build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. Otherwise, the plan of God is unstoppable. Do you hear me this morning? The plan of God is unstoppable. You need to know that with whatever f- brick wall you're facing in your own life, with whatever financial issue or marital issue or whatever issue at work, you need to know that God is the God of the impossible, and he always does what he promises that he'll do. He always comes through. Matthew chapter—I said 18, it's 16— where Christ said he'd build this church and God said, I will not allow hell to stop it from doing what I want it to do. There have been times where it's risen up against it. There have been times and issues where there's been division in churches and things have happened that have caused catastrophe, but God says, I am going to make sure that this works. There is no plan B. Christ was God's plan A and his church is plan A as well. He loves the family unit. He wants it to be a family, so much so that he said, I can't even keep this just to one nationality of people called the Jews or the Hebrew people. I wanna give it to everyone. So we've been grafted in. And then again, in another place, Jesus says, as he's leaving the earth in Matthew 28, he says, now go and make disciples. That means it doesn't happen by chance. It means it happens because we put in the work. That we do our job. So something's been said before, and I like the phrase. I don't know that you can find it everywhere, biblically, completely exact. But I would say this, pray like it depends on God and work like it depends on you. Yes, we're to pray. God, send people in from the highways and the byways, everywhere, let them come in from the north, the south, the east and the west. And the return that I hear Jesus speaking to us is who are you bringing? Who have you invited? See, we've got to pray that he'll move on their hearts, but he gave us the ability to reach them, amen? We are the hands and feet of Jesus here on the earth. So as we celebrate all God has done and that he desires to do is celebrate church. I'll say again, and you'll hear me say it throughout this year, hopefully till it gets into your heart until you start praying the same exact thing, and that is my prayer is, and it's so simple, My prayer is, God, would you let your dream for Celebrate Church come true? If it's his dream to blow this place up with explosive growth, then God, let it happen and make it work. God, if it's, your, if it's your plan and your goal for us to stay here in this building forever, then let's do it. God, if it's your plan to bless us and grow us so big we've got to sell property and build, then let's do it. I want God's plan and his dream for our church to come true. I don't want it to be Pastor Dexter. I don't want it to be Pastor Cameron. Every decision that we make is faith-motivated, but it's also with the consciousness of knowing that God has a dream that he desires for our church so tap into that. You're part of it. This is what's incredible. And if you say, oh, just lowly poor me, nah, I'm not really that big of a deal. I help out in this area or I do sound or I do this or yeah, I, I you know clean up after celebrate life or whatever. It's a big deal because you're a vital piece. You're an essential piece. So we've celebrated all that God's done in Celebrate Church in 2016. And I'm already looking forward to next January where I can talk about how awesome God has been over the course of our year 2016. We're gonna close our service a bit differently today. Ushers, would you come forward? And um, they have a card uh, that they're going to hand out. Would you just step forward and then start from the front and go to the back? You can go ahead and give those out right now. These cards are promise Cards, they're faith promise cards. Today we're beginning our six-week Heart for the House generosity initiative. Each year we set aside time for what we call Heart for the House. This is God's house. We've talked a lot about it today, but it's also our house. Amen? Amen. I love hearing that little voice. Amen. It's God's house, but it's also our house. And so heart for the house is our opportunity. It's our opportunity to be able to exercise faith and generosity in investing and partnering with the ministry of Celebrate Church. I shared with you transparently, our needs have grown and we are trying to make sure that we're being the best stewards that we can. We've adapted and, a, and we're going in a certain direction. We're still looking at trying to make up a monthly deficit in our budget of about $1,500. I believe that answer is in this room already. I don't believe that we have to go out and search for it. I believe that God, if we trust him, God could bless you as an individual or as a family together to partner and go above and beyond what you've already been doing. So we've had our budget examined. Like I said before, we've made appropriate changes. We've cut back in all areas of ministry and all non-essentials are not being done. The saying is true though, many hands make light work. So don't fill that card out. I hope you're not doing that just yet, okay? I want you to take a moment and we're going to take a moment and pray and I want you to if you've ever had some experience where you've been to something called a missions convention or where you've made a a faith pledge before this is not a guarantee you're not writing down I guarantee I'm bringing a hundred dollars over the next six weeks and divide that over the weeks you're not doing that you're saying God I'm depending on you God I can't pay my own bills right now and pastor is saying that the church needs a little bit of help a little bit of push and momentum God help me to be able to make this promise and help me to be able to fulfill it that's what we want to do today so a faith promise is just what it sounds like it's dependent on god's help it's not a guarantee and it's not your tithe okay it's not your normal 10 percent that you give okay and it's also something that needs to be done prayerfully so i want us to just would you just take a moment right where you are close your eyes and we're going to close our service in just a second and this moment right now is super important It's for us to be able to close our eyes and to pray. Pray a a private, simple, quiet prayer in your seat. God, what would you have me do? What would you have my family do over these next six weeks as we're seeking to see your kingdom come and see the church continue to grow? God, what do you want me to do? I'm excited about what God has entrusted us with and I want to pray a closing prayer of blessing over you today. I'm agreeing with you and my wife and I we're participating in this too. We're going above and beyond. We're we're attempting to sacrifice and trust God to say God in the middle of all of this, do something with whatever little we can all do together because many hands make light work. Lord, I thank you for Celebrate Church. I thank you for the opportunity, the honor that I have to lead this body as the under shepherd under you, Christ. I thank you for what you've done in our church. I thank you for the growth. God, I thank you for everything that you've done for us. And I pray that as these faith promises have been filled out and laid before the altar of God today, I pray that you would help us Lord as we attempt to see your kingdom be built you said you would build your church and you want to use us to do it God so I pray your blessing on us as we commit to you over these next six weeks in Jesus name and everybody shout amen amen Amen. love you and God bless you all right